Welcome to the Abandoning Average podcast here for the aspiring Christian woman. There's a lot of self-doubt. Why am I not doing this? And then you're like, oh, well, because just because I'm afraid of it. There's also this norm of, well, why are you doing something different? I don't want you to be. People want for other people to look at them and say, oh, that person is successful. They put their mind to something and they did it. What happens most of the time is people start something and then it doesn't go anywhere. I think a lot of people aren't aware that they're actually like afraid to do something out of the ordinary. So then they don't do anything. By choosing to do something different, you are setting yourself apart. Fear of rejection, fear of anything is normal. It's what you do with it. Fundamentally, being different, doing something different isn't bad because God has given a purpose and that's what matters. I'm your host, Amanda Boardwine, and welcome to the journey to abandoning average. Abandoning Average Podcast. This is episode number 22, and I have a special guest with me. You want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah. I'm Crystal Williams, and I'm so excited to be here. Amanda, thank you for having me. Yes. Um, so you are a, I, I looked it up online just to get your um, intro all together and everything. <laughs> so just so people know, um, you're a writer, a speaker, a mentor focused on delivering honest stories to encourage others in their walks of faith. So with that said, everything is going to be through that. <laughs> okay, so I like to start things off with a fun question just to loosen things up and everything. So on your Insta stories, you are constantly doing Starbucks drinks. <laughs> yes. So first, first question is, what started you doing that? And then the second question is, um, what's your favorite one right now? Okay, well, for starters, let me just say, I almost ran to Starbucks morning and thought, I am going to go and grab a drink, and then I'll come back home, and I'll <laughs> But I ran out of time. And oh, sad. But I have a store that is right down the street from me, and they just built that probably like two years ago, which I knew would be the end of me, because it's right there. It's on my way out of the neighborhood, and it's so close, and so there's a Starbucks store that's right here that I love. I've gotten to know the baristas. They are so fun and down to earth. I actually even, I insta storied this, I actually even accidentally took a house mug from that Starbucks. Oh, for real? When you go to Starbucks, the default is going to be a turbo. Because of course, it's on the go. People are going through the drive-thru or running in to grab that drink before work. But you can actually ask to have your order for here, to, to dine into the cafe. You either or mug, or if you get a pastry, they'll give you an actual plate for your pastry instead of a little paper bag. So when I am going to Starbucks to actually work there, you know, on my laptop, I will ask for a mug for in-house, you know, yeah. to be at the store. And I actually did accidentally leave with one. And I took <laughs> it. have a problem, you know, but I feel like that would have felt really weird, like walking out with <laughs> But I stayed until they closed. I had oh. a discipleship meeting with some gals and the work gotcha. was nice. So we actually sat outside and I had my mug because we were dining in. We stayed, you know, we were out in their patio. And they always, when we would have these discipleship meetings, it seemed as though we would always be the last ones to leave. And they would have to tell us, hey, we're closing in 10 minutes. You gotta go. <laughs> the station is going and you're just so into it that you forget about the 
So we totally were sitting outside and they were locking the doors. They set the alarms, we're walking to their cars. And then we're like, okay, we really should leave. So <laughs> probably right about now. <laughs> notice behind my Bible, there's a coffee mug. And so I walked up to the says as they're walking to their cars, I'm like, Hey, I accidentally still have this. And they actually have this whole system where once they lock up and set the alarms, they can't go back in. And so it's a weird thing. I know yeah. they told me like that I could just keep it. And I was like, no, like I need to, I need to bring it back. I'll bring it back tomorrow. So I did the next morning as I'm in the drive-thru, I'm like, here's your mug. <laughs> was it the same people? Like, had they, had they come back in? I think it was the same people, but I think that they had told them about me. Okay. <laughs> like there's this lady that might come through with a mug. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. I love it. As promised. And I actually asked him if it was okay that I recorded it so that I could put it on the story you <laughs> that I didn't actually steal them from. Like, I, I did take it back. Um, like, the one that's my go-to would be the Sue Latte. Mm-hmm. So I just order that as is. Mm-hmm. On the summer days where it's really hot, that's when I start to customize. And this drink is on my uh, Starbucks highlight, which is an iced coffee blended. And it's I have done that. The texture of a frappuccino. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure you ask them without the frappuccino base and that they just take that iced coffee. If you want it sweetened, you can sweeten it however you'd like. Um, that they'll add the sweetener, make the iced coffee, dump it into the blender and blend it. And that has got to be my favorite during the summer. Cool. Awesome. This is fun. I like it. <laughs> um, yeah. So you've lived in Houston, like you're living in Houston now, right? I Have you lived there your whole life? I was born and raised in Houston. And when I, I actually, we then moved out to kind of the suburbs of Houston to the Humble area. So I always tell people, we've flown out of the George Bush International Airport and you hmm. know where Humble is because there it is. And so right. um, we grew up uh, right by the airport. That's where I um, went to middle school and high school, graduated from there. And then I spent some of my time in East Texas. So in the Marshall Longview area, because I went to school there, I went to East Texas Baptist University. And so I was there for about a total of six and a half years, almost. Mm. And then my husband and I moved back to the greater Houston area, more West Houston. And um, that's where we are now. And we're planting a church here. And so we've been here. So cool. So. Did you say um, what you graduated with? I might've missed that. Like your. Yeah. So I graduated in 2012 with a uh, degree in mass communications, which includes all things, journalism, mass cool. public relations, a little bit of marketing, broadcasting, like radio and television. So all of that, basically the awesome. public um, hears from, from us, you know, all mm-hmm. the communication, newspapers, magazines, video, television, all of that. And so I studied that and that continues to evolve because now you have things like social media marketing and online marketing and, and newsletters and emails. And so there's so many different ways that companies or the world, you know, tries to communicate with us. And so uh, it was fun. I loved college. I loved it. That's so cool. That's so cool. Have you, um, cause you have a blog now. So have you seen that? Like, have you been able to use that in your blog? Have there been other areas where you've been able to use that a little bit? I have. So I, 
have had this, I've been blogging for a really long time, since before it was popular <laughs> because <laughs> that's great. It out, and there was no social media really. Maybe Facebook was out. I think I had my second blog. I had a new idea. I would just start a new blog. <laughs> and so I have like four or five blogs like floating around. That is great. <laughs> and so when I did my very first one, it actually missions professor and he was sharing with us how oftentimes Again, it wasn't popular, but it was just the way that some missionaries were able to communicate with um, their family and friends. They couldn't do phone calls because of long distance back then, or if they couldn't um, necessarily be mailing letters all the time. And of course, it took a while to get a letter from you know China or Ethiopia or you know whatever other country right. missionaries are at. So they would go to internet cafes in their little small towns that they were at and would start a blog and would type, you know, publish a new blog post. And that's how family and friends could see happening in the mission field. Some that our professor wanted us to read a book about missions. And then at the end of each chapter, there were some questions to log on to Blogspot create a blog and so you kind of got to experience what that's like and your assignment it was like a weekly writing assignment where you had to go and write based on what you read blog onto all of our blogs and read them and grade them and so that was my first introduction to blogging which this was probably back in 2009 and so um, I know that there are a lot of bloggers already out on the field in 2009 but it was just my first introduction to it and this professor wanted us to blog as this class assignment. And so that's how I started blogging. And as I would write my blog on Blogspot, back in the day, I wrote a blog and you read it, um, there would be a forward arrow and a back arrow to the next page of the previous page. And when you would click that arrow, it wasn't your own blog. It was someone else's. It was almost like everyone's blog was on here. Oh, wow. Like it's more, it's your website. Mm -hmm. So, you know, people could kind of click on different pages on your website, but mm -hmm. it's still your content. It's never going to run into somebody else. Right. Yeah. And I think WordPress even did this for a while. I don't know if they still do, but you could discover so many people's blogs. Yeah. The next arrow. So it showed you other people's blogs kind of like on YouTube yeah yeah do you know the um like the algorithm kind of thing like who were they was it people that you engaged with or was it similar content or a little of both sometimes it was similar content but sometimes and so that's kind of how I fell in love with it because after I find or publish it or go back to look at it I would just start clicking that little discover arrow. Mm -hmm. I would write about your life or about your interests or about things that you know really moved you, and just just you just put it out there and write about it and act and comment. And so, of course, there weren't many comments on my <laughs> blog about <laughs> about the book assignment, um, but it was just me, and I started interacting with people that I didn't know. And then after the class ended, I missed it. I missed blogging. And so I told myself, I'm going to start a blog, go on there. And of course, be very discreet. I wouldn't, you know, share kids' names or anything specific because I knew I couldn't, but I would just kind of share, okay, this week at camp was amazing, or it was really hard, or I'm getting tired or, you know, whatever it was. And um, with whatever pictures I could share, I would. And that's when I first started actually sharing those blogs with my and so it was just my personal Facebook page. And so friends and family were able to kind of see what was going on. And that's when I started getting some more engagement. 
And then after that in college, I decided to, or sorry, after graduated college, I decided to start a blog just about life after college <laughs> because there's a lot of uncertainty for some of us. And I definitely was not one who had a job right after college. Mm -hmm. There's even some who have a job before they graduate college. Yeah. Yeah. They know where they're going to live. They know what life is going to look like after college. I didn't. And so mm. because of that, I started a blog titled Gloriously Uncertain. <laughs> and it's still out there. And that's great. Has some stories from me uh, trying to figure out life after college and trying to figure out, you know, um, just what God wanted me to do with my life in general and what mm -hmm. adulting is. Yeah you cross that stage and you your handshake and diploma like you know what what then and I think yeah I have that question and so kind of just journey through that and would blog about it until I got engaged and then my husband and I just three months after we got married said yes to church planning and I had a college professor and friend of ours tell me hey Crystal you should blog about what that looks like what it hmm. the church and just t start sharing stories about you and your husband, Calvin, being down there, you know, for us who are in East Texas or other friends and family that aren't close. Yeah. And I know what's happening behind the scenes of the church. So then I started my next blog. I did <laughs> something new. I just kept starting new blogs. So yeah. And with stories of newlywed church planners and that went on for about a year and a half until I really felt led to write about other things. I felt like every time I showed up to the blog, I was expected to write something about the church. Mm -hmm. I feel this call from God to teach and encourage women on various topics. And so I then started a brand new blog, <laughs> another website, self-titled crystalleewilliams.com, where I would blog about um, various topics and various things that women, you know, deal with. And in it, I also share the truths about ministry and marriage and about church planning, but it also gives me the freedom to also talk about, okay, how do you read your Bible and what is discipleship and, um, you know, how was your Christmas? Here's how my Christmas was in reality, or how was, you know, your summer? This is how my summer was, or how is your, your current season? This is what mm -hmm. And looks like so I was able to talk about a lot of different things so that's currently where I am I hope not to change it again because <laughs> no I like I like how you named it um your name because I had a business before that I just am now in the process of switching it over to my name because it's so smart because you can literally do anything it's all under who you are like <laughs> you can do anything so I I don't think it would change much like <laughs> As long as you're the same person. Married and plan to stay married. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. Okay. So other question, your social media, and this is how I like came to find you and everything. Your social media is like so encouraging all the time. I love it. And this is probably like a stemming off of the blog a little bit, but like, have you always been really intentional about your social media and everything and like put on there? Or is it just kind of like what you feel of the day and everything? I have, when I first had Facebook, um, which was when I started entering college hmm. for that, I was the generation that was all about my space and um, AOL and AIM and, you know, the instant mess that was my upbringing in high school 
And so any time that I would be on there, of course, I never shied away from my faith because it meant so much to me. But when I first started having Facebook, you know, back in the day, there wasn't as many like Facebook pages or, you know, blogger pages or, or things like that, I don't think. I think it was very personal, you know, so it was you and your friends and um, your own like network of friends and family and you would discover, you know, maybe new people from, you know, meeting them and asking them if they were on Facebook, but it never was what I think it is now. And so with that said, when I first had Facebook, I would post to keep people updated back home what college it was like, right? you know, what was going on in school. And then I would also share with all of the friends I was making and adding on Facebook, you know, events going on at the university. And sometimes mm-hmm. they were like, hey, Bible study is at eight o'clock tonight or, you know, things like that. Um, and so I shared a lot of my college life and personal things to start. And because my faith has just been such a huge part of my life and specifically um, just in college was when I had another come to Jesus meeting where I just realized that I was walking down the wrong path and mm-hmm. I needed to come back to the things of God and just surrender my life to him. Um, a lot of that I would share on Facebook. And so for me, I know that it, it's a life goal of mine for someone to be able to find me online and then maybe meet me or vice versa. They've known me for years and then are just mm-hmm. now helping on to Facebook or Instagram and we'll know that it's the same crystal that mm-hmm. in person and online. So then when I started blogging and was more intentional to form content on my blog that would encourage and speak life, I realized that I had an opportunity to also do that on social media. So on or even months where I didn't blog and I was a bit silent on the blog, I knew that I had the opportunity to still encourage and share thoughts with um, people who were friends of mine on Facebook or followers on Instagram. And then when Instagram stories came out, I really began to utilize that because around that time I was considering maybe even joining Snapchat because that's the only Hmm. social media platform I'm not on. And I even considered, you know, I love the whole idea of having little stories and snippets that would go away in 24 hours um, where you can just share about your day, but then also share about, you know, things that matter to you. Yeah. I really love that personal, very connected side of social media. So I really was debating it, but I promise you that probably the same exact day or same weekend that Instagram stories launched was the same weekend that I started asking some of my friends who I knew were on Snapchat about it and I was hmm. about joining and then Instagram stories and you're like eh, never mind <laughs> jump into that whole other you know form of, of social media because I know it's a whole platform in itself you have to learn mm-hmm. I utilize Instagram stories and then I realized you know it's only 15 seconds per clip if I'm going to share life or share Bible words or share something to encourage I'm going to do that me so I want to be honest and show up and be honest on Instagram stories um so that I'm able to connect with uh, my friends and followers so yeah yeah I don't uh-huh. question. no it does yeah I love it I love it have some intentionality but sometimes it's just that fun continuity that yep. to Instagram stories exciting because mm-hmm. randomly share something that just happened um that you didn't plan or you yeah well, I've always loved it. Like literally that's, that's how I found you was on social media and everything. I was just like, oh, she's just so, yeah, it's so great. I love that. 
So then the other thing is back to church, like you were, um, you guys are working on a church plant right now and everything. What does that look like? Like, I know you're doing blogs telling people what it looks like, but <laughs> tell us too. <laughs> well, um, goodness, it, it, it is a lot. We moved here in um, 2014. It was the beginning okay. of December. Mm-hmm. Intentionality, of course, to start January 1st, 2015. So we moved here and um, I just have to kind of give the backstory of how this even happened in order for you to understand that. Um, we moved here and um, it was just Calvin and me. And um, oftentimes the way, I want to say the way some church planning looks like, because it's different with every church planner you meet, every church's origin is just so different. And mm-hmm. um, for us, um, it looks a little backwards. And I say backwards because what may be the norm would be a couple who, or just a male who feels called to lead a church and to start a church may begin to talk to their pastor about that. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the pastor of a church feels like there's this really solid couple that um, maybe we want to start and launch a new church. Um, and so sometimes under the, um, the leadership or covering of and support of that church, you know, they send out people to go and plant a new church. And normally um, it may be a couple with um, other friends, maybe two or three other couples. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe they start in the living room and begin and ask for vision and begin to meet. And then that little group begins, begins to grow a little bit. And then they form kind of like a core group of couples or, or of people who want to, you don't have to be married. You know, maybe it's, it's another. Sure. Yeah single gal or, or guy who, who has bought into the vision and wants to be a part of this church launching. And then maybe they outgrow that living room and so they move into a bigger meeting space and then maybe they start renting a storefront and then from there it just begins to grow until of course the church then maybe is able to purchase a building and um, continue to grow from there. And so that's sort of what church planning I think um, looks like in people's mind when they hear the word church planning, you know, people for that. But mm-hmm. it was totally different. So my husband and I got married August of 2014. Okay. And then in October of 2014, um, he was invited to come to uh, the west side of Houston, the Katy area, and to preach at a church um, that had recently um, I don't want to say lost their pastor, like he passed away, but sure. So had moved on. Mm-hmm. They had said goodbye to their pastor and a lot of the church families had left. Well, this church was actually a church plant. Mm-hmm. What this pastor had left, a lot of the families left. So only about um, like eight people remained. And mm-hmm. so my husband had previously preached a revival at his hometown church. And so the, couple that was at this church plant in Katy um, and knew some of the people um, at this small church that my husband preached at and so saw a sermon of his that was recorded during the revival on Facebook mm-hmm. therefore reached out to him and um, you know we they actually used to attend this small church as well and so Calvin knew who they were and yep. they told him hey we're now in katie at this really small church plant and our pastor just left 
and um, we're a really, really small church, but we really don't feel like we need to close the doors or walk away. We mm-hmm. want to do something this place. Right now, we're just looking for pastors or for speakers, I'm sorry, speakers who will come and share the word of God with us on Sundays because we don't have anyone. And so my husband agreed to it, and we came down, and he preached, and it was the beginning of October. So about this time last year, or last year, sorry, around this time four years ago was when my husband was invited to come and preach. It was the beginning of October, the very first Sunday, and we came down, and he preached. And of course, this church already had a building. Mm-hmm. Had the building in place, um, and everything in place but they did not have that many people and they didn't have a leader and so sure my husband preached that sunday they really enjoyed his sermon and they enjoyed having us and they asked him would you consider applying to Mm -hmm. our pastor and he kind of laughed it off and was like no like this is not what i want to do (laughs) that's not what we're doing (laughs) him and i had our own little five-year plan you know you try to kind of plan out your own life oh yeah uh, God had something else in mind, obviously, because as we were laughing it off, God knew all along, like, no, you're going to be back, and you are going to lead this church forward. And so um, they continued in communication via email and phone calls and kept reaching out to Calvin and just saying, hey, we really do feel like um, you should consider applying, and um, we just want you to know that we really enjoyed having you. And so Calvin began to ask questions, okay, what would this look like if I did come down? And um, a lot of Calvin's desire is to do church in a different way. And so he was worried that maybe these new different ideas wouldn't be accepted um, in a church that had already been sure. established. And so they let him know, you know, we're ready and willing to, to go in a new direction, a completely new direction. Because mm. no matter where we're at right now, we, we are at the end of ourselves and our pastor has left. And so we're ready to go in a new direction and for a new vision. And so I, I tell people that we came down almost to do a re-church plant and we were able to see what God is willing to do with the ashes that remain. And he, mm. you know, came and my husband um, had the phone interview and we said yes after that the phone interview. We both were at peace. For me, it took a while to get on board just because my heart was torn at the thought of a goodbye and of a transition. Mm-hmm. My life and my community and my church and my people were all in East Texas. Yeah. It kind of really tear myself apart from that and, and come to something brand new that I didn't know anybody here in this area was just a little scary to me and so god finally allowed me to come around and he was very gracious with me and he confirmed to me that everything would be okay that this is what we needed to do and so um after the phone interview i was a bit more at peace and we just began to see god's confirmation over and over again and so we agreed to it um before thanksgiving of that year so i married in august he went and preached there in october and then in november a month later and then in December we moved. So wow. So that's why with church planning, you know, when we came down, we were the only ones, and my husband was the only one really fully on staff. I of course just did everything to help him as a volunteer because I was happy to and willing to. Right. But we had to kind of restart from the ground up. And um I led worship, he would preach, and then we would try to do our best to um figure out what we would do with the kids and what 
we would do with youth. And so uh, right now what Church Family looks like now, three years later, is continuing to try to form a solid team of, of leaders to be around us because uh, my husband's desire and my desire is never to be, you know, the, the only two that lead. On the contrary, we believe in accountability and we believe in community. And so we want to see God continue to move this church forward with an accountable um, group of leaders. So not mm-hmm. one person calling all the shots, accountability. And, and really that's biblical leadership for you to have um, other elders in the church and other people who are going to help, um, you know, just figure out problems together and also Mm -hmm. figure out, you know, steps going onward together. So that's where we are right now. But my husband is still obviously the one who's preaching every Sunday and I'm still leading our worship team and helping to oversee um, the launch of a, of a consistent children's ministry here at Mm -hmm. the church. And I also help with the discipleship um, at our church where women meet with women to be discipled and Mm -hmm. looks like for the women in our church, while my husband kind of helps with the men of the church in the second. Awesome. Well, I want to, no, no, yeah. But I want to kind of go off of um, like the women's ministry and everything because a little bit of what you were talking about with leaving the other church and you were just like, I don't want to leave. These are the people that I know, everything like that. I was kind of tearing away. I've had a little bit of that too. It wasn't the church that I was going to wasn't necessarily healthy at the time. And so we were leaving, not because we were, not because we could envision something new. God had something new for us, but we couldn't see it. But we were leaving because there was kind of a, a bad break that we'd been trying to work through for years. And it just never, like, there, there was just never really anything that was changing. Um, so because of that, when we left, I had a lot of, like, when, when you leave a church and you leave all the people that you know and everything, it's like, how do you how do you make new relationships? How do you, you know, be okay meeting other people and everything? And so I love that you guys have been like, you guys have come to a point where you're like open to people and everything, but at the same time with the women's ministry, what has that been like creating community and really working through with other women that are new to you? Right. Well, I knew that coming here and having to start over with community um, I think at any point where you're having to start over for whatever reason, mm-hmm. sometimes you're, you're moved because you have a new exciting job, but sometimes you may have to go back home to take care of your family because maybe your mom is, is showing, you know, signs mm-hmm. of, of just aging and, and needs your help. Or mm-hmm. just, there's so many different situations where you are having to move and, and in that move, you're having to change your church or your God-centered community. And so for me, with this exciting move, I knew that I would have to start over and making friends and in connecting with women of God. And so I had to be really intentional. And, and I'll be honest, when I first got here home with, um, with our little new puppy that we had <laughs> at that time, um, all that changed and then throwing the new little puppy. So that was <laughs> home and entertain this like two month old puppy. And honestly, it got lonely. I mean, I'm very extroverted. Mm. I realized that I lacked boldness, even though I was extroverted. Sometimes I think people will assume, oh, well, you're just extroverted and you're bubbly and you're um, always excited to talk to new people and be around people. So it should be easy for you. But I really did struggle with boldness to start conversations with people Mm. at a grocery store or at the YMCA or at 
you know, whatever gym you attend or wherever, even with neighbors, it was hard, but I knew that I had to. Mm-hmm. It wasn't necessarily like a, let me roll my eyes about it, have to. It was like a crystal, you can continue to sit here and be lonely, or you can be intentional and have that moment of courage and boldness to strike up a conversation and begin to make friends. And I realized that the moment I said yes to being bold and courageous, um, then the next time it just got easier. Hmm. I, I wanna share not only what it was like to make new friends in general in Katy, but then also when it came to the few ladies that we had at the church, I had to be intentional about um, including myself in the relationships that were already formed. And mm-hmm. you think, oh, well, they're already really good friends, you know, um, obviously I'm the new girl here or the new, you know, woman in the, in the church. But I had to be intentional and say, okay, I am not gonna assume things. On the contrary, I am gonna go and include myself. So on Sunday mornings, I'm not just gonna be to myself. I am gonna go, and again, I'm very extroverted. And if you see me now on a Sunday morning, you know, I'm walking around and saying hi to everyone and and, and trying to tie up loose ends, you know, mm-hmm. starts. But I even then have to stop and say, okay, am I just being very brief with people and just saying hi and smiling? Mm-hmm. Or am I being intentional? And sitting down maybe for two or three minutes with a cup of coffee in my hand with this wonderful lady. And and can I be intentional to get to know her a little bit more? Right. I know it's only two or three minutes, but she's here. I'm here. Can I maybe just follow up and ask her how her job is or how her, or how her children are doing? Can I maybe follow up if I saw her post something on Facebook about a new goal that she has? Can I maybe follow up and say, hey, how is that going? How can I be intentional? every single moment with them to grow that relationship. I know there's a lot of people who say, I don't like small talk or I think it's pointless. But to me, the way I see it is that you can't get to the deep and the personal without first having to go through the personal. And so a lot of the relationships that I now have with the women of this church, they all had to start somewhere. And so I have to be very intentional. And I even tell them and encourage them that, that in the same way, for your relationships with people, you may think, oh, well, you're the pastor's wife, so you get to know everyone. Sure, yes, to a certain extent that's true, but I also know that even though I'm an extroverted person, um, by default, I still had to be intentional, and I still had to conjure up that courage and say, you know what, I am going to break through this assumption that maybe, I don't have anything in common with this lady or with this assumption that maybe she's too busy or I'm too busy or with the assumption of we'll never be able to meet um, or we'll never really be able to talk um, and just push through that and say, no, I'm going to try to, and it's never to force something or never to try to be forceful towards a friendship, but at least be able to say, you know, I've tried and I'm going to be intentional and I want that woman to feel welcome. Um, because I know for me what it felt like to be welcome and so when it comes to forming those relationships in a church or even just initiating those relationships in a church you really do have to commit and I think that you have to say I'm not just going to show up on a Sunday morning and then leave mm-hmm. I'm going to make it a point to connect with someone today and right may not turn out to be your best friend and that's mm-hmm. okay but either way, you've had some sort of human connection with someone, especially in today's age where it's very digital 
mm-hmm. watching people's lives unfold through a screen. I think that face-to-face connection with people is truly what changes community for you. And mm-hmm. Community is used in a lot of different ways, that word, but true, genuine, life-giving community can only happen with intentionality and with transparency. Mm-hmm. So for me, it starts with intentionality. You know, when I first meet a woman at the church, she's not going to tell me her whole life story. Odds are, she's not going to tell me her whole life story in the first five minutes, you know, and I'm going to tell her my whole life story and past sins and things in the closet, you know, in the, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. But it has to start with that intentional face-to-face human connection. And then it'll slowly begin to evolve. And as long as I'm being transparent and I hope that person as well as being transparent with me, then that's where we can begin to see true, genuine connection and mm-hmm. we can begin to see true life change. Because if you're keeping things inside and you're not being transparent about them with your community, then this sounds really blunt, but you're playing yourself, you know? You, yeah. Oh, I'm putting up this facade and they'll never really know. Mm-hmm. You're thinking of protecting yourself because of that. But in reality, when you're not being transparent in community, you're lying to yourself and you're mm-hmm. lying in general and you're not being honest. And so where there's not true honesty, there can't be change because no one knows what's going on. It's not being brought to the light and it doesn't have to be something bad. It can be just something that's hard, you know, mm-hmm. a difficult week or anxiety is being the best or you are having, you know, some bad thoughts or you are struggling with parenting. Anything that is in the dark, and not brought to the light. No one can um, pray with you. No one can mm-hmm. try to cheer you on and lift you up when you're too weak to lift yourself up. Mm-hmm. Um, and come alongside you and rally you on if no one knows what's going on. Right, right. Those are my Ooh. kind of points of advice. Yeah, no, I love that because I literally know quite a few. I can't count them off the top of my head, but I know there's quite a few people who are listening to this podcast who are moving, who have just moved, who like they're, they're in this transition point and I've been there too. Like I totally relate to that. And so I love the points that you gave and everything because it it is really, really hard to reconnect with people, to be intentional, to be bold and all of that. When you've just, you've just moved, you already feel vulnerable and everything. And it's hard to get past that and say, okay, I have to be bold in this. So I love the points that you gave. That is so helpful. One other thing that sounds really silly, maybe to some, but I'm a huge uh, journal person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And anytime a new family would come visit, if I have any of our church members listening, they're probably like, what? I'm in her journal. <laughs> <laughs> had any new people visit or I made uh, just a new friend um, at the gym or at the grocery store or a neighbor that just moved in. Um, I would be intentional also to um, pray for them. And sometimes because my journal is prayers, my journal is things I'm learning in scripture, my journal is sermon notes, my journal mm-hmm. is like all, it's everything. It's all in the journal. Um, my journal also would include um, snippets of my day, I guess like a diary. So if I that day got to meet someone new for the first time, I would write it down and I would try to remember to journal, or sorry, to pray for that person that I wrote in my journal. Mm-hmm. So, um, I can't tell you how many times I will go back and read those journals 
and come across Sunday where I wrote down so unsolicited for the first time. Or God, thank you so much for giving to me so unsolicited. And now seeing where our friendship is at and now seeing how they serve in our church or how they, you know, have two or three kids or, you know, like it's just so neat to go back and see the faithfulness of God. So if you are in a new place that that is very vulnerable, that tender at this moment. Um, and, and you need to kind of let that all out, but maybe you don't have someone yet right now that you can confide in because you haven't formed that relationship with someone yet. Mm -hmm. I would encourage you to journal through this journey and it's going to go back in a few weeks and a few months and a few years and see how God was so faithful to provide for you friends, so faithful to provide for you community and people that you could confide in. So that in the next season of life where you're in this familiar place of transitioning or finding new friendships or a new community, you can go back and see the faithfulness of God and remember mm-hmm. that, hey, if he did it then, I know he can do it again. That yeah. he invited friends and gave me the courage. I can't tell you how many of my journal pages from that first journal when we moved here were prayers. God, help me to move mm-hmm. on you. Help me to um, invite a new lady to the church. Help me to form deeper friendships with the ladies that are already at the church. Help me to to bring them together that we could have deep conversations and encourage one another. And now I'm seeing where we are, and it's just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I'm so faithful through that journey. So maybe journal through that experience. Write those names down and try to remember them and pray for those people, pray for those friendships. Again, not everybody you meet will turn into your best friend. That's something that I'm learning just with adulthood. I'm, I'm yeah. slowly peeking into my 30s now. I'm 28 years old and I'm seeing how, you know, in college I might've had like dozens of friends, you know, we all mm-hmm. hang out in those big groups and it was so exciting and fun. And you felt like you were friends with everyone. But as you begin to grow older, you begin to see, okay, God is really shaping me by the people that I have in my life right now. Mm-hmm. Those three or five women that are in my life right now. And you begin to see that that, nor- that number may kind of decrease. You may not have like 10 best friends you can go to or like, you know, eight amazing people, but maybe I have, maybe I have five. And who are those people? And so not everyone will be your best friend. And that's mm-hmm. And it's quite all right, but I am still called to genuine community with uh, the body of Christ. And so it's mm-hmm. important being intentional about joining that small group, about joining a church and visiting a church and actually being established in a church and allowing my roots to grow down deep. Um, then as long as I'm in my God's community, I'm called to be transparent mm-hmm. and, um, and just confide in people there in that community. Um, but maybe just two or three of them are going to be kind of my, my friends and my gals that I can confide in with anything and everything. So, yeah. Oh, so good. Okay. Last question. And then uh, we can wrap all this up. So last question is you just wrote this whole James study and everything. Um, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Cause I think it's so good. And I would love for people to get on board with that. If that, if that's something that they want to study right now. Yes, I would love to talk about it. So I um, do feel a call to uh, to encourage and teach women through the written word and the spoken word. Um, so written word looks like blog posts, or um, sometimes I'm asked to write a guest post um, on another website. And one day I was asked to write a guest devotional 
on the website. It's called gracefullytruthful.com. And so I shared a devotional. And then I thought to myself, what if I were to write a devotional? And I, on my Instagram, um, I show up almost every day and I share kind of what I'm reading through scripture. And so I was already getting some questions from some of my friends on Instagram and followers. Hey, what are you reading? Do you go through a devotional? What does your Bible reading look like every day? And so I begin to share a little bit, but then I thought, you know, what if we were to read through the book, through a, a book, any book, of the Bible together, and I would give them a reading guide um, similar to what I do every day, which is I, I read through books of the Bible, um, and as I'm reading through books of the Bible, I also cross-reference, so I'll look at other parts of scripture that are saying the same thing, have the same message, the same theme, and so as I just presented this question, I got an overwhelming response of people who said, if you were to write something or come up with something and just formulate something and send it out, I would do it. And so that's kind of what started my journey on writing this seven days with James devotional. I love the book of James. It's very dear to my heart. It's one of my favorite books in the Bible. And there's a lot in there. And so mm. I wanted to try to just, you know, bring it all down to seven days. Yeah. But I knew that seven days is doable. Because oftentimes we will sign up for challenges that are 30 days long, 90 days long, or start a Bible study. Too much. <laughs> and it's hard, right? And so I told myself, if we can do seven days, I feel like people can commit to seven days. And then if we were to do a book of the Bible together, how can I also form community from this? And so what I did is I wrote the seven days to James devotional. It's absolutely free. I wanted it to be accessible to people. And it's my first writing project that I released to the world. Yeah. I made it free for people and it's on my website. The link to this is also on my Instagram bio. So you can go and get it right now today. It's free. It's for you. And I wanted to also not only give this to people, but then allow them to have community um, to read through this with. And so if people wanted to grab this um, free Bible study or devotional and gather two or three gals and do it together with them, great. I'm all mm -hmm. that, of course. Yeah. Discipleship and meeting with other women. Yeah. But if they needed um, another form of accountability, um, what I did was I created a Facebook group, and this Facebook group has blown me away because I was thinking maybe a good solid 30 of us would be in this group, and we would just have our little, you know, group where we would talk about the seven days of James devotional together and what God is teaching us, but it has grown exponentially. Like, it is now over 100 people in this group. Wow. Blown away because I don't know all these people, and so it's not <laughs> blown away because I don't know all these people. And so it's like, sure. you've got to be a part of this group. And so I'm so grateful that people in this group feel like it's their own and mm -hmm. that they can invite their own friends and they have the liberty to post what God is teaching them through the seven days with James devotional. So mm -hmm. you can get the devotional. You can also, when you get the devotional in the email, you will also have an invitation to join the Facebook group. Mm -hmm. So I have loved seeing how not only is this devotional out as a free resource for women to show up every single day for seven days and read through the book of James, but also it's an opportunity to connect with people um, on Facebook that maybe you don't know, but maybe you can make a new friend and you can be encouraged by what God is teaching them and showing them in the book of James. Yeah. Maybe you feel led to post something um, and someone else 
encouraged by your words of mm-hmm. God spoke to you in the book of James. So yeah, it is oh, it's so good. Available and if yeah, you can download it. Yeah. So with that, um, where can they find that? Where can they find you? Like, what are your Instagram handles, links, all of those? So um, it's very simple. It's my name. Like we said earlier in the podcast, um, my website is www.crystalleewilliams.com. I do get asked all the time, how do you spell crystal? And I say the normal way. Because the normal, <laughs> just. <laughs> Why did people mess it up? C-R-Y-S-T-A-L, the classic crystal yep. way. So crystalleewilliams.com and Lee is L-double-E Williams. Mm-hmm. So, um, crystalleewilliams.com is my website and blog. So that's where they can find um, where um, the James devotional is. It's right there. It just says devotional. You click on that and it takes you straight to it. And um, like I said, the Facebook group is a part of that. So you'll see the invitation to join the Facebook group. But as far as Instagram, my Instagram handle is the at symbol. Mm-hmm. My full government name. <laughs> the whole thing. So on Twitter, um, but that because, you know, you only get a certain amount of characters. So I had to shorten my name. So it's yeah. Lee Williams. So okay. uh, all of Crystal, but cool. Twitter and then Facebook, my Facebook page is Crystal Lee Williams page. So okay. follow me there as well. So awesome. Kind of all-, all of that will be linked in the show notes. So I'll put it on my blog thing and everything. <laughs> Great. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Okay. So last question that I ask everybody, um, and it's really, you can, it's a quick answer, hopefully I think, <laughs> but what does abandoning average mean to you? I think it means you are going against the current. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes, you know, we get current and we are sucked into this idea that um, I have to look this way or be this way mm-hmm. or act the way the world is telling me to act or I live my life based on worldly standards. Um, and it's not necessarily always dealing with sin. Honestly, sometimes it's with the desires of our hearts. We think, we need the bigger, better house. We need the bigger, better car. We need the latest this, or we need to stay on trend, so to speak. But then I'm reminded that everything in the kingdom of God is backwards. It's upside down. It says that so true will be the greatest. It says that those that are poor in spirit will inherit the kingdom of God. It says that um, blessed are those who are persecuted. And so, you know, it's so backwards. And so, um, and all of that that I just quoted is in the Beatitudes and the Sermon of the Mount. And so it is so backwards that I have to sometimes remind myself or ask myself, am I living in the very average, everyday, almost like you are stuck on the um, conveyor belt of the mm. world and mindlessly just living the way this world is telling you and yeah. floating through the current? Or am I being intentional every day to wake up and say, God, what do you have for me today? How can I serve others? And honestly, how can I think of myself less? Because that's what the kingdom of God is, is serving other people and loving other people. And as Jesus gave his life, for his friends, how can I humble myself and serve other people? But then also, how can I share the gospel with other people? Mm-hmm. And so it's really, to me, abandoning average is abandoning the things this world is telling us we have to be like or sound like or um, even have in our possessions. How can I really be more 
fixated on your kingdom and on eternity and not on the things of the world. I'm even reminded of um, the Gospels, specifically where um, he tells us not to worry about mm-hmm. what we're going to eat or what we're going to drink or what, what we're going to wear, but instead to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of those things will be added on to us. Mm-hmm. I knew that we would struggle with being so consumed with the things of this world. And we had to be constantly reminded to instead walk in the spirit and to ask God, what are you doing in this situation? What are you doing that maybe my physical eyes can't see, but God, what are you doing spiritually in this space or in my life? And, um, and truly what is the end goal and what is the mission that you've called me to live? Mm-hmm. We can't get stuck in this. Okay, wake up, go to my nine to five, um, feed my kids and take care of them. And, and, and not that those things aren't um, acts of service and worship onto God. Sure. But truly, God, what are you doing behind the scenes that maybe I'm being distracted by all these things? Mm-hmm. But this world that I'm not seeing what you're doing spiritually. So yeah. that's what abandoning the average is because the, the average thing to do or the, the, the everyday thing to do is to just hustle and bustle and, and get through another day. I think God is calling us, like Jesus says, to life that is more abundant than that. Mm. And so that life that is more abundant doesn't necessarily mean more possessions, more money, more wealth. Sometimes it means just a richer way of living because you have a joy from the Lord that can't be taken away. And so that's sort of what abandoning average means. Wow. I love it. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming on here. Yeah. 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 Thank you so much for being here. Thank you guys so much for listening in on this episode. And like we said, all of the information from Crystal is going to be in our show notes. And you can check her out in all the places, but she is such an amazing person. And I hope you guys get to know her better. And thank you guys so much again. Don't forget to leave a review on the podcast and on iTunes. And I will see you all next week. Bye.